Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 19th day, uh, President's Day here of uh, February. Got a great show with you for tonight. Uh, Adam Silver seems like he's coming around to my way of thinking. Had to learn the hard way. Uh, had some interesting stuff to say about the college game, which I've been saying for years. I'll go over that. Caitlin Clark getting some respect. Uh, Cheryl Swoops walking back her comments and apologizing. Taking the high road finally. Um, good to hear that. Plus, Charles Barkley speaking the truth about the San Francisco uh, Bay Area in his own comedic way. That was very funny. Uh, so just a lot of and, and, and NBA, former players and uh, analysts sounding off on the All-Star game. Not here to bash the NBA. Just want to get the NBA right, you know, trying to get the situation right with the um, try to get it right with with the NFL and with the college game to coincide. So a lot to talk about tonight. I'll be back here in 49 seconds. We'll hit the ground running here on Sportscope. Hello, Sportscope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just want to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports. That is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you and enjoy the program. Alrighty then. Okay, so uh, this is from ESPN. Uh, Adam Silver, NBA to reassess, reassess, which means reevaluate, right? Uh, the 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 G League unite uh, in wake of the NIL, which is the name, image, and likeness in the college gang. There, I tell you what, folks. Me personally, I thought that was the best news of the week. Okay, of the weekend per se. I don't know about the other week. Uh, yeah, this says NBA commissioner called into question the G League saying the introduction of uh, NIL into college basketball landscape landscape has diminished the need for the league to potentially continue. Uh, he goes on to say, he said, he says, I think given that's happened, I think we have to process a reassess in the league. Uh, he said that Saturday night as a part of the All Star Weekend at the press conference at Lucas Oil Stadium because now some of those players who didn't want to be one-and-done players because they felt it was unfair, they were uh, wanting the ability not to just earn a living playing basketball but also do commercial deals that weren't available for them in college to, to hire professional agents, an opportunity that wasn't available for them in college. Okay, now, been saying this for a while. Also note that uh he went on to say and i've got these these screenshots here too uh he's he's saying by talking to coaches 
He says, quote, I, I think that now we're beginning discussions, the vast majority of players, uh, vast majority of top players will play college and never play in the NBA. Of course, we have a common interest of just improving the game and, quote, developing players, players coming into the league incredibly skilled, but that simply doesn't translate to being a team basketball players, what I've been saying for years. And then what I'm hearing, this is his quotes, from some of the other coaches that may be complaining about inability to play defense is those players are not prepared. Uh, I would like, uh, as I, uh, I would like them to be particularly at high draft picks. Sifford also, Silver also touched on several other key topics. So, okay. Um, the issue with money. Okay. That, that is solved with the NILs, what he's getting at. And plus, the ability uh, of um, <clears throat> the players simply not being ready. They're, they're not playing defense and whatnot coming into the draft. So th those are two key things. Not to mention marketability. And uh, Colin Cowhorn made a good point Friday before Adam Silvery said this on his show about Caitlin Clark being the most recognizable college player in all of college sports a college basketball, both women and men, and I thought I couldn't think of a male college star at this time, okay? So listen listen to what he said on Friday's program that, that really caught my attention as well. Listen up. Clark, Iowa star, broke the NCAA women's hoop scoring record. Of course, she's shooting a three. She's the biggest star in college basketball, men's and women's. TV ratings? They just beat a Miami-Boston Celtic game about three weeks ago. Why? One of the reasons? She's now familiar. It's year four. Ratings beat a Miami-Boston Celtic game. That was some of a blowout. I did watch it. It was a rematch of the finals in the East. He continues. Oops. Let me play the rest in of Iowa. Men's college basketball, one and done, absolute turnstile. Mm. I don't feel like Googling the starting lineup when I want to watch Duke play. And it's what's really hurt college basketball. The TV ratings are weak. There's no continuity. I can't keep track. I am for player empowerment, but I don't think it's good for the product. Back to Caitlin Clark. It is year, year four, but really year two or three outside of the state of Iowa where everybody's paid attention. They sell out every road game. It's like a rock band tour. They sell out every road game. Familiarity matters. It's really important. That's why I've said I can like the transfer portal, but in college basketball, who can keep track? Caitlin Clark, year four, their every home game. Last night, another Caitlin <coughs> Clark show. No lame pilot. It also matters that she's great and fun and a playmaker and unique. She shoots threes that look long by NBA standards. She's a little bit of Steph and a little of Trey Young. That's true. A little bit of Steph, a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll, right? That's uh heard that from a uh, – and plus Adam Silver goes on to say, I want to dispel any notion that the league office feels the high-scoring games are good. We want competitive games. So it, it it's – it's a lot of issues, you know, um, with with the the college game. 
not really just for the college. It's really for the pro games. Okay. So I went back and looked at, I went back and looked at the top prospects in the NBA draft coming into next year. Okay. And the first three, the first three are not even American players. Uh, I want to say they're uh, two of the three are from France. Again, like Victor Wimanyama. Then you get all the way down to the fourth pick. And this is this G League uh, Ignite that, that, you know, Adam Silver was just talking about. I was talking about him. Uh, Ron Holland. I mean, who's heard of this guy? You know, there's no marketing. That, that Like I said, it's, it's hard to make up decade after decade after decade of college uh, uh, marketing, uh, you know, of Kansas that's been around for, for decades, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. I mean, how far does UCLA go back? You know, the history of UCLA and whatnot. But how how was how the G League and I going to get millions and millions of basketball players generation after generation or fans, excuse me, to, to, to be programmed for, for us to watch the G League ignite. Like, like I said, nobody knows who Ron Holland is. The, I got down to number five. There's a player out of uh, this, this is, this player is mocked to be number five in the NBA draft. Cody Williams. He's with Colorado, six eight, small forward, one hundred ninety pounds. Never heard of this guy. I mean, it, it, you've got three foreign players. You, you've got uh, a, a G League guy. Never heard of this guy. Don't don't even know what G League team he's on. Uh, Ron Holland. You would have to be a serious diehard to know who this guy is. You know, and not to mention. Let, let's talk. Let's not talk about Steph is what 36. Uh, LeBron is pushing 40, right? Look, look, look at the top players in the NBA right now. You know, uh, they're, they're, they're not American. They're not American. And, and you know, we're not following players. Uh, we're not following overseas basketball. And I love the Joker. And I picked them to win the championship last year. Picked it all the way through. I love Giannis. He's from Greece. Joker's from, uh, oh, God, what is the Joker from? Somewhere in Europe. Uh, so you got Luka Doncic. Those are your top three young players right there. You know, Anthony Edwards is still young. I know he's American. But but these guys are, are, are you know, right there at the top of being favored to win in this league right now. And and it, they're not getting the proper coaching. Uh, the marketability is not there because we're not following. You know, I was just talking to a woman Friday, young lady. Um, she's probably 10, 15 years younger than me. I'm 42. And she had a pair of the Michael Jordans uh, on from 1991. And that, and I just happened, she was working one of my labs, you know, I'm, I'm a medical carrier. And, and I thought, I told her, I said, you know, she was a filly. I never met her before. 
and she, I said, those shoes right there, that particular year, that was my favorite year of the Jordans. You know, I had had the the uh, the Jordan Slam, the famous Slam with the silver tongue and the and the red out, uh, outline of the Jordan doing the dunk. Had Nike Air on the back. That was my favorite ones. And they're like four. After I, I, I talked to her for a little while, I had to go. I went back and looked at those those ninety one Jordans, and they're like almost four hundred dollars on Amazon. You know. People had followed my dad, guys at work, uh, older, older fans. They had followed Jordan all throughout his North Carolina days, you know, through Dean Smith and, you know, a freshman hitting the big shot, getting Dean Smith his first national championship. Uh, and, and the guy, think about it. LeBron comes out of high school. LeBron's got every record on Jordan except for the championships and he's got he doesn't have uh, – I don't think he's got that defensive player of the year. But those shoes, Jordan was a rookie 40 years ago. We're in the 40-year anniversary. Maybe they'll have some special editions come out later on this year. 40 years ago, 1984, Michael Jordan was drafted. It's 2024, folks. And people are still buying those shoes. A lot of it because the relationship was built throughout the college game that's already been marketed up. You've already got a built-in audience. You know, and I have to give guys like Colin Cowherd credit for this. Um, the NBA ha- ha- has looked at um, the NCAA as an adversary instead of a, hello, uh, they have looked at the uh, as an adversary rather than looking at college as a partner, you know, and now you're having Adam Silver saying, listen, with the NIL and the, the lack of coaching, but he didn't mention Mark Bill, but they never want to mention they're making a mistake. Now, I know that the NBA, as far as social media, um, for social media is concerned, I know that the NBA is doing well in, in small little clips and everything. But as far as ratings, the NFL, I mean, we're talking – uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, Iowa, University of Iowa, a little bit of University of Iowa, has got better ratings than um, got better ratings than the uh, Heat and and the Celtics. Go figure. You know, so uh, I hope that they look at this. And again, the age is is nineteen. I think it's more than fair. Three years out of college, like the NFL, stop being stubborn, league. These guys, if they're really great players, NIL endorsements will find them. More development will happen. More defense will happen. I, I tell you what, I enjoyed the Connecticut men's team, which I know is not the athletes of the NBA, uh, and Marquette on Saturday, all those passes, less players, than I did the All-Star game Sunday. I mean, All-Star game is unwatchable. Nobody's playing any defense. It just looked like a bunch of guys shooting around at a YMCA game, you know. And, and quite frankly, I'm surprised, but um, I'm not totally against guys like Stephen A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins for calling out the lack of effort for the All-Star game, you know. But um, it, it's just part of the problem with the league. Now, 
I'm not going to hear totally bash the league. I think the league is very competitive the last few years. Um, that standpoint has came a long way. But when you're rebuilding and you've got young players that are being drafted into this league, it does help that you have a player that has got that coaching three years in the college, not using college as a turnstile, uh, that they could go in and contribute right away at a 20 or 21 years old. Three years out of high school, uh, it, it gives the players time to settle in, look to be coached, and they can still get paid. It's the best of both worlds. I really hope that Silver – and listen, they knew deep down that this is a bad idea. Everybody knows deep down this bad idea uh, for players to come in raw like this. Yes, and you say, well, like I said, three the top three players, these guys are more polished – Coming out of the uh, coming out of uh, of these uh, overseas players than they are here, I think people say, "Well, because they've got they go in the leagues earlier." Yeah, that's true, but the coaching, the players aren't accepting any coaching. This is an AAU culture. Uh, you need to bring that coaching back. Maybe you'll start to keep play, uh, give coaches a little bit more power in the college game again, and and keep players accountable coming into the league. Because, listen, this is what this is what guys like Kendrick Perkins and Stephen A. Smith said about – these are big pro NBA player guys, suck up to the player guys. Listen to what they said about the um, – this is Stephen A. Smith, and I totally agree with him about the All-Star game and thinking they should get rid of these skills competition. With that, that was kind of stupid. I watched a little bit of it Saturday. Um, I, I did bet on um, – who was it topping on FanDuel, put five bucks on him, just make it interesting uh, to win it. Of course, McClung won it again, but listen, that was a dunk contest. That other stuff, that skills competition is very stupid looking. Here's Stephen A. Smith on that. Is this all-star game fixable? No, not as president. Shannon Shaw, I'm of this mindset right now. They need to do away with all-star weekend. Just get rid of it. The whole weekend? No, 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 no. Let me finish. The three-point shooting contest, I'm totally good with. The three-point shooting contest, not just Steph Curry and UNESCO, who were fabulous, but the overall three-point shooting contest never cheats us, never disappoints us. They're going out there, they shoot, Agreed. trying to make shots. There's nothing wrong with the three-point. I'm talking about the skills competition. I'm talking about the slam dunk competition. And I'm talking about the All-Star game. Let me start with the All-Star game. Ladies and gentlemen, what transpired last night was an absolute travesty. Nearly 400 points were scored. No defense, no effort whatsoever. This is the ultimate indictment against the NBA stars who show up on NBA All-Star Weekend. You play harder in the summer league when you're training. That's all anybody's asking. We all know that when you're playing in the summertime and stuff like that, ain't nobody trying to get hurt. But you still give one another effort. Because you're working on your game. You can give the fans at least that. Nobody's asking you to compete like Yeah, yeah. And maybe making a financial incentive or something. Hi, hi Claren Bliss. Uh, thank you uh, for watching. Um, Siren, uh, watching the program. Okay. <clears throat> totally agree with that. Now, the same thing with NFL. Now, I'm a big NFL guy. I don't watch. I haven't watched a Pro Bowl probably in 17 or 18 years. I think it was when Steve McNair was there 
uh, in the early 2000s when Steve McNair played there, a former Tennessee Titan was quarterback for the AFC. Uh, and it was in Honolulu. I don't even know where it's being played now. I think they have. So it's gotten over the top. The baseball game is pretty good. It used to mean something. Uh, I still barely watch that. The NBA All-Star game has been under that. The last time I really watched it was probably and took it serious was when, um, oh, God, what was this? Probably when Magic got a play when but after he had HIV. He ends up getting the MVP for it. I think it's more for kids. The kids love this stuff. It's more for kids, not very, more serious fans here. But it, it's good to hear uh, guys like that. Steven, and here's former player Kendrick Perkins, who uh, I don't agree with him on everything, but he comes out and, and bashes it as to well. To be honest, it was embarrassing, and it was it was disrespectful to the game of basketball, to the NBA, to so many guys that used to – like the, the NBA All-Star – you, it, it, to be an NBA All-Star, it's an honor. Mm-hmm. It's an honor. Like, I played 14 years and never made an All-Star game. I was close to making it one time, and Al Horford beat me out by one coach's vote. Do you know how I would have felt to be in the All-Star game? Russell Westbrook won back-to-back five, uh, M- All-Star MVPs. One of the times he came off the bench because he was playing so hard. That's how much he cared. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, players – won't say it publicly, but in order to move the needle, in order to get an all-star game where they're actually competing, you know what's going to have to happen. The NBA is going to have to increase their incentives, meaning put a bankroll in front of their faces to make them go out there and and play. Hey, you know what? Yeah, that's true. And that's really unfortunate. The pride in the game is just not there, you know. But it's good to hear guys like that call this sort of thing out. Um, these are things that, now the NBA's came a long way. Adam Silver's embraced gambling. He's embraced fantasy uh, uh, basketball. They have spoke out. He has made moves. They have embraced the problem with low management, which means you got to play 65 games in order to become eligible for uh, postseason awards, MVPs, All NBA, uh, second team All uh, Defense, you name it. All those awards are really uh, big towards a player getting their next contract and whatnot. So I do commend uh, the commissioner for saying something about it, being proactive. Um, he's gotten criticism before for being too pro player, uh, but he's always had a way of fixing it, and I'm glad that he is uh, addressing this sort of thing. And I'm glad he's addressing the fact that uh, the college, the the, the young players that are one and done are not quite developed. Okay. And I just mentioned, he didn't mention this, but we know this, the marketability, the fan, knowing who the player is, as good as Anthony Edwards is, I didn't know who he was. I know he was drafted. Uh, Last player that people really followed in college was Zion Williamson. And, of course, um, the guy that was picked second there, now I can't even remember, Ja Morant, because uh, I thought he was the better player. But I had to go back and look up some of his stuff there on um, – I had to look up some of his stuff on YouTube because he, he was a smaller school player. Uh, but, you know, that was, what, five, six years ago? You know, 
But if these players are playing three years in college, and uh, you'll be able to know who they are. But yeah, uh, make, make some incentives for the All Star Game. Uh, they made the incentive with the uh, the in season tournament that got ratings. You've seen the hard play there. Uh, at least they're making steps and 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 doing it at a faster pace than Major League Baseball. You know. Uh, I didn't think that I would see it, which is good, though, which is good. I, I'm proud of the guys for doing so. Okay. Um, speaking of Caitlin Clark. All right. Now, Caitlin Clark, uh, last time I talked to her, Cheryl Swoops, I pointed out the fact that the Swoops, former WNBA star, the reason why I'm bringing up Caitlin Clark, she she's the most popular player in college basketball right now. Her, for those of you who just joined me, her college games have been getting more viewers than the NBA games. Forget about the men's. And Connecticut's a really good team. I think they're like 22 and two or something. And they handled the top five Marquette team the other day. But Clark, you know, as I mentioned the other day, now she's already got the points championship. Uh, she's got the most points, four-year player, uh, Cheryl Swoops. Uh, to her defense, she did acknowledge it. Now, I'm going to play some. I'll, I'll read over some quotes that I read from her out, out of the athletic there. Uh, she did reach out to, to Clark there. Uh, she, she did reach out to Clark through Angel Reese, of all people. Remember, that was the chick that was hating on her last time. You know, uh, getting smart with her because, hey, look, you won the game. Why do you got to take shots at Caitlin Clark, you know? Uh, you won a national championship. This girl's taking a little bit of Iowa. Uh, so this is what she's saying. Swoops, a former WNBA player. I mentioned this about a week or two ago, or about a couple weeks ago. She took a shot at uh, Clark saying that only reason Clark has these points, she didn't do any of her research. Only reason Clark has had um, uh, the uh, getting uh, the, the points, all-time points leader, because she played an extra year. Well, that wasn't true. Clark's in her fourth year. She That COVID had nothing to do with her uh, championship. So uh, she said, I'm reading this from The Athletic, that she has spoken to the Iowa Caitlin Clark to address her controversial comments on Clark's record-breaking season. She said, quote, a couple weeks ago I reached out to LSU's Angel Reese. That, like I said, that was the other – uh, Clark Hader. Uh, but I think she kind of realized that and they've kind of made amends or whatever. Uh, Angel Reese uh, and, and had a really good conversation with Angel over the phone and sent message to Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin responded and she and I uh, went back and forth. Swoops, this is Cheryl Swoops saying, on Sunday uh, at Baylor, Texas Tech broadcast. She's like, I won't share what she said. I'll leave that to her if she wants to, but I will say I said this to her was I made a mistake in saying it was your fifth year when it was your actually your fourth. I have nothing but respect for what she's done for the game, and if she wants to share that response and how that conversation went, I'll leave that to her, but it was really good conversation. And on the Gills Arenas show, now I think that's Gilbert Arenas, uh, a few weeks ago Swoops was asked to Clark breaking the record. And held by Kelsey Plum, mistaken Clark was in her fifth year. Clark was in her fourth. So, uh, and she also 
you know, apologize for Clark taking 20 shots. And really, she attempts 22.7 again. She's shooting from the popcorn stand, like the way my dad would say. You know, she's uh, she's shooting uh, from all. I mean, she's hitting stuff way out, way past it. This is something to make uh, Steph Curry be like, dang, you know, Curry beat the female there. Uh, the best highest three-point shooting uh, female player, and I forgot her name now. I actually bet her. And, uh, uh, Clay beat her by three, three threes out of like 28. He had like, what, 29? She had 26. And I thought, man, that chick's good, you know? You know, Steph's probably the best ever. Uh, so the comments created a stir. And then uh, Iowa fans who sat courtside during the recent game wore shirts, don't be a Cheryl. So that's, that's code for don't be a hater, you know. But she recognized, you know, it's hard to recognize. Like I said, don't judge book by its covers, folks. Uh, you know, she's she's 5'11". She's, you know, people, she's white, right? Um, she, she's from Iowa. Not really. She she never she didn't go to Connecticut, which is a big basketball school. She didn't go to Tennessee years ago. Tennessee, Connecticut were the two biggest teams in co- women's college basketball around the great Candace Parkers and everybody. And um, I forgot that one girl's name from Connecticut. Boy, she was great though. Donna Tarasi, I think is her name. But this chick, like I said the other day, I'm watching the Nebraska game and. Uh, they got their top guys there. Gus, whatever his name is, I think uh, Gus Johnson, the, the great Gus Johnson from from Fox is doing the. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm watching this game. I'm into this like I'm into a, a playoff NBA game. The way the quick the quickness of the ball, the range. I'm, I find myself not looking at my phone, not changing channels. And I, she's really drawing me in, a female basketball player, you know, not even a not with a big-time baller, so uh, an NBA guy or whatnot. But, you know, like I prayed earlier with Colin Coward, listen, people knew who she was last year. They're following in this year. And back in my mind, I'm thinking, I wonder where she's going to get drafted. I'll probably peak her gains when she goes to the WNBA during the summer which I never would have done and in the other sport. But it's a it's it, it, it's a learning experience for your NBA people to get did the game back to where it should be, where you got players playing three years preferably in college, getting the proper coaching, settling in. It's not the end of the world to go a few years in college, especially within the NIL. You're gonna get money, you're gonna get shoe deals out the game there because you're playing uh you know, you're going to be on CBS. You're going to be on uh, ESPN during the regular season. You're going to be on all these Turner Sports. Charles Barkley's going to be talking about you, Shaq. Those guys with Turner Sports, they, uh, they, I don't know if Shaq does it. I know Barkley does college too. And I know, I want to say Kenny Smith does. Um, you want those guys talking about you when you're a college player, then we watch your maturation to the NBA and grow from that, from that. And like I said, because she's such a great player. I mean, there was a long spread here on uh, The Athletic wrote about her, you know, um, that she's the best three-point shooter in the game this year. Uh, she much better than Casey Plum, 
Kelsey Mitchell, Jackie Styles, Brittany Grunt, as far as her points so. So it's not like she's getting a bunch of easy layups and she's seven foot five. You know, that, that's just not the case with her. But uh, I thought that was fascinating, you know, to say the least. But, uh, okay, speaking of Barkley, I mean, he had some funny stuff to say. You know, Barkley went through a period there about six months ago to a year he was supposed to get – and he may be doing this now, but I don't. I haven't heard him. Um, there was rumors or whatnot. He was supposed to do some of the show on CNN, which is also on my Turner. And that kind of faded out. I don't know if he is. If he is on there, I haven't heard anything from it. And I started to watch him be more ginger about his um, comments. He's not the Barkley that we know. And I thought, well, baby, he's turning into a sellout. He's not turning into the guy that made him famous as a comment. He, he's one of the, 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 the more – he's more famous for being a commentator than he was for a player, you know, cause, cause you know, he, he made the comment, this was 20, 25 years ago. He said that people want to hate you for whatever you do. So go ahead and just say what you really think and you'll get more respect that when I thought, man, that's really good. You know? So during the game, somebody, this, this came out this morning that Barkley made a comment, by the way, with Draymond Green standing there, that about gold about the the uh the bay area and i'll just let you hear it for yourself and then i'll comment on it after he after i play it i hope i don't have any issues here with this plan but i do not think i will um okay <laughs> draymond's green's uh response but I'm going to play Barkley's take initially if I can find it. This is really funny. Barkley is a trip, man. Here we go. Minus, uh... <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you. There we go. Minus, uh, hey, you know, hey, the hey. 17 degrees. Hey, 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 Reggie, yes. If you had a, if you had a chance of being cold, of being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco. Oh, when you oh, 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 that's crazy. Oh, oh, no. You got to walk San Francisco. No, we don't. Yes, we do. You can't even walk around down yes, there. Yes, you can yeah. walk around. Yeah, with a bulletproof bag. That's your current. You live in Philadelphia. I live in Arizona. Bulletproof vest and security. Barkley taking a shot. That's not the first time. He took a shot at, at the Bay Area. I couldn't find this bite, but I assure you, uh, he was like, man, I am so glad that they lost game five. And this, I don't think, I think this was before Steph and everybody, um, but this was when Golden State played in Oakland. This is when they played in Oakland and not, now I think they're in San Francisco. This is a new arena in San Francisco. He took that shot at them. And um, he said that on the air. Uh, he's got a lot of flack for that. Uh, he's also got flack for uh, saying, you know, making fun of the San Antonio women. Uh, but this one right here, telling the truth about San Francisco. Listen, 
They've lost two teams. The Bay Area has lost two teams. Uh, they're going to lose their second team in, what, 10 years? Because uh, I know Oakland Athletics officially haven't, haven't moved yet. But the A's are supposed to be moving to San Francisco or to, to Vegas. We already know that the Oakland Raiders are now the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. I'm surprised. Listen, I, <laughs> uh, Bark so Barkley says this. Draymond Green is helping out Barkley with, with the game here. He's not an all-star there. He's like, hey, no, that ain't true. You know, Green still plays there. So, so he's not going to dog him out. But listen to Barkley again. Take a shot at the homeless there and and the crime rate up there. If you had a, if you had a chance of being cold or being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco, we oh, oh, that's crazy. Everybody else trying to take up for him. And that that's the guy saying yes you can was Draymond Green. He don't want to talk out the town that he, he plays in right now. Uh so I, I looked up and uh I got a clip from Dave Chappelle. This is 20 years ago. So this is not the current people who were in charge of San Francisco. This is Dave Chappelle 20 years ago. When I was doing research for the program, I also found him take a shot at San Francisco nine months ago about the same little area. But this was funny. This was one of his best stand-ups. Uh, this was in San Francisco 20 years ago. The people in the crowd are laughing because they know it's true. Uh, let me get it up here and play it. Let's see. Now, this may take a second here to get it on the right minute mark. Um, here we go. Crackheads are like it. I had a crackhead break my car window one time. Broke it. You know he stole fucking candy bar I had lying on the seat. That's all he took. Goddamn candy bar. I was so mad. I drove around the neighborhood five hours looking for a crackhead with chocolate on his face. I, I did that. I finally found when I grabbed it, motherfucker. Said, hey man, what's all this chocolate on your face, motherfucker? He looked confused. Chocolate. This is doo doo, baby. I said, ah! <laughs> oh, man. This place is insane. And he's joking. But, you know, like I said, I, I, I found out he, he said the same thing. It said some district called Tenderloin. Now, I've never been to the Bay Area. I can't speak for it like I can New York City nor Los Angeles. But what you hear and you read, you, they're losing a lot of businesses. They're losing teams. At some point, is it really everybody else? Is it really people just picking on San Francisco? Or, or is it the people who's running San Francisco and nobody's saying or doing anything about it? You know, with, 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 uh, there, there, there's some truth there. There's some truth in every kind of comedy that you see. Okay, so brothers from Charles Barkley, uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, I've been reading that that uh, some of the Walgreens have left that area. Uh, you, you've got two teams there. Uh, I know that the Giants are still there. You still got the Giants. I know the 49ers play in Santa Clara, which is technically not in Oakland nor San Francisco. Um, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. 
Uh, that that's all I got to say. Uh, it, it, going back to the Barkley thing, I was thinking about this too. Uh, Draymond Green, that that aspect of it, uh, got the pink suit on. He's he's trying to be flamboyant, whatnot. Uh, with Barkley here. But I will say this. He's a very honest player. Uh, he does speak his mind. That's why I didn't think they got along at first, him and Barkley. Him and Barkley's got a lot of life. Barkley, as a player, wasn't that popular, okay? For those of you who go back to the 80s, into the 90s, Barkley uh, uh, spit on a player, which is really nasty, uh, he threw a glide uh, off of a floor. I think he threw him through a plate glass window or something. That supposedly that was deserved. The guy said something smart to him. He's got into it, but but once you heard him, uh, he had the famous "I'm not a role model" commercial. Uh, but more and more, once you saw him away from the game and hearing his brutally honest tactics. Um, people really started to like Barkley because he's saying exactly what he thinks. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. Uh, people come at him. Uh, he's even got on the Shaq before, and, and it, there's a famous fight with him and Shaq, too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, Shaq came in hot on him one time in the game. You could see this on YouTube. And, and fi- I think he just used his body and bowled over Barkley. And somehow Barkley gets the ball and hits Shaq in the head with it. And, of course, there's a total melee and the shoes. It's very funny, actually, if you look at it. But years later, they become friends. This was towards the end there. Uh, Barkley's only 6'4", only. For an NBA player, That that's not really big, right? And, of course, we know Shaq is, what, 7'2", 355, 360, uh, seven to, I mean, he's 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 the diesel, right? He's massive. But his brutal honesty, uh, outright funny comments have won Shaq over over the years. I mean, he, he Barkley up there uh, bringing it to the attention and apologizing because people are saying he's not going to apologize on the inside the NBA. When talking about San Antonio women, I'm going to make a bigger point about Maybe Draymond Green could be the next Barkley. Listen up. Post-playing career. But it looked like they were trying to make him apologize. The, the, the people writing in, because he's talking about the San Antonio women there. And every time he says the word San Antonio women, Shaq can't control himself. This is really funny. Listen up. How much time we got? Here's 99. Here's 99. I was 150. We got a minute. Well, we can I say started. something? Yeah. That's why you're here. Okay. You know, <laughs> I've heard from some complaints from the people of San Antonio. <laughs> why would that be? <laughs> Let me just say this. <laughs> that, for those of you who watched the Pee Wee Herman Playhouse in the 80s, I mean, I'm dating myself here, right? In the 80s. It's like they would have a key word, and every time – one of Pee Wee's guests, you know, all of his is, 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 you know, according to the show, right? The windows alive and the, the, you know, the, the, the chairs are talking and, and, and the word of the day. And every time a guest says that, they go, ah, the word of, that word is San Antonio. Every time Barkley says San Antonio, Shaq loses it. Listen up. This is too funny. 
<laughs> Make me laugh. I'm thinking about it. Ernie, how much time we got? You're just 99. You're just I was 150. We got a minute. Oh, Can I say started. something? Yeah. That's why you're here. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've heard from some complaints from the people of San Antonio. <laughs> why would that be? <laughs> Let me just say this. I heard they were talking about us on some stupid show called The Talk the other day. I don't know what that is. I heard that uh, some <laughs> idiot in San Antonio started a blog. Let me just What's say. What's the blog? I don't know. Okay. Listen. I'm just going to have fun on TV. You know I'm joking. I say San Antonio got a great organization. They got the best point guard. They got the greatest power forward ever. Some of you people don't like my sense of humor. Is what I got to say. Turn off your damn television. I'm not going to change. Uh, if you don't like me or the show, turn it off. And they want me to apologize. That's not going to happen. What that's that's not going to happen. Me joking about those big old women down the center. <laughs> Shaq is dying. Okay, so listen, uh, y'all yeah. can write letters to your mama, your daddy, your uncles. I'm not. Go I'm gonna have fun on television. You, if you, this you, was you 10 know years that ago. I'm joking around, but if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait, you know, what are you apologizing for? I'm trying to big old women down there. Going on six oh, years. Let me tell you, oh, come on. I think we're out of town. Come on. What do they eat? Big old women, San Antonio. Shaq dies. That's that's the key word. San Antonio women and Shaq's dying here. But uh, back to Draymond Green is annoying as he can be, and he has been. Got what he gets suspended for getting a player in a he got two players in a headlock. Remember the second? Uh, I think it was Nirsik from the Suns. And the other one was um, Rudy Gobert. And I don't know, maybe at the near sick or whatever. And so he gets suspended. He, he goes to counseling for a couple of weeks or whatever. They play again after this is after Green has been uh, disciplined, going to all that. And he fouls near six or whatever, the center for the Suns, again, pretty hard. And near six says, I take back what I said, that he is not, uh, he's not learned his lesson on anything. He's still got some issues. And Draymond Green saying, listen, this guy's just out of shape. And he, he he's not, uh, I always play a certain way to get the ball. I, I like to play aggressive. The truth of the matter is, as much as I don't agree with the Bush League play sometimes of Green, the way he was describing the play of Nurshich from uh, the Suns was totally correct. You know, they should have never, never got rid of DeAndre Ayton. They're not going to win the championship, even if they're healthy, that Suns team. They don't have a rim protector. They don't have this nurse does not like to get in there and mix it up and get rebounds. Uh, he's taller by what three or four inches than Draymond Green and a lot younger. He should be grabbing the ball every time over Green if he's got the leverage and he wasn't doing that. But my point is, Green was right. He was right about nursage. You know, once Barkley you know, retires and move on. Green's younger than me. Barkley's, what, 60? Uh, Jordan's birthday was, uh, he's pretty close to Michael Jordan's age. 
Michael Jordan just turned, what, 61 on Saturday. MJ did. The great Jordan. Barkley may, you know, he may uh, retire in a few years. Uh, Green is 34, 35. You know, Green could be the next Barkley. Because that kind of brutal honesty is what you need. A lot of former players, they see it as a fraternity, a brotherhood, whatever you want to call it, and sugarcoat it, and sugarcoat it, uh, so they won't get any criticism. I was doing cuts the other day, the other day, about me criticizing Steve Wilkes, and I knew I was going to get some heat back for that, for my Cal Shanahan. Um, Firing Steve Wilkes, and I was okay with it. I said, listen, the guy, the, the 49ers are getting gouged on the run. Both playoff games, even towards the regular season, just, it's just not that good. You know, he couldn't get that last stop there at the end. And plus, they had a waste of time out in the Super Bowl because they the defense wouldn't lined up right. So, and I, and I use examples of coordinators that do make a big difference, Okay. Uh, I use the example of Brian Flores uh, uh, cutting the defense from 31st to 16th with less talent at Minnesota. They had one player, Daniel Hunter. You know, coaching is a big deal in the NFL, you know. And some guy says, have you ever played? Some clown said that to me. And I said, uh, yeah, I played some I played some sports, but it doesn't it, it doesn't make no difference in my opinion. Of, of whether Wilkes should be fired or not, you know, what difference does it make? That's why I say you got too many former players that they're not going to get heavy and criticizing other players. That's what I like about Aikman. He won't pull back on nobody, neither will Barkley, you know. But a lot of former players, well, you just got to understand what a player – now, listen, man, we're not here to satisfy – Jason Woodlock said this, I don't like reading – about writers who don't want the team to be mad at them for criticizing them. He says, I want to read about writers who are speaking for the fans, who are speaking what the fans are saying, who are asking the questions of what the fans want to know, not what what's going to not make uh, the organization ticked off at them, the, the management or the players themselves. You know, he was talking about that. That's what I've always liked about Barkley, for the most part, you know. But um, but anyways, um, I think Draymond could take over for Barkley at some point if he keeps, if he don't go too far with this off the field stuff. I think that he could uh, potentially uh, do that, and maybe that's what he was doing. But working with the All-Star Game, he's got his podcast. Sometimes it's really good. I've played some clips on it, on this program, because I think he's a brutally honest guy. And, of course, as he gets older and matures, um, he'll learn not to take stuff so uh, serious. And, um, and, and But, yeah, so if we're looking for another Barkley, maybe it's Draymond Green. Maybe, maybe that's Draymond Green. So, uh, also, there was some news here that, that uh, the Nets looked like they fired, um, yeah, Jacques Vaughn. You know, uh, they made the playoffs last year. The teams really fell off. They got Mikael Bridges. Uh, you, you, you get scapegoats as coaches here. Uh, hey, listen, you know, they're, they're somewhat of a, of a rebuilding team. Uh, 
you know, you've had two coaches be fired uh, already in the NBA. We, we, we look and we saw what the Bucks hired firing Adrian Griffin like that. And they got Kevin Ollie, who uh, looks like he's going to be the interim Ollie for those of you college fans. Remember, he took over for Connecticut initially, and they got to the Final Four, almost won a championship. Once they signed him to extension, it didn't work out. Uh, maybe he, he'll be the interim there. Uh, there's some good coaches out there. Maybe a Sam Cassell. Take a chance on a former player that's a hungry coach. Look how good of a job Ty Lu is doing with the L.A. Clippers, who may very well get coach of the year this year. You know, you, you, you need somebody who is – there's a difference between assertive and aggressive – and there's a fine line between that. You can't be passive. The players will walk all over you. If you be aggressive, they're too offended uh, to respond. If you're assertive, you're getting what you, you're asking them to do something that they probably don't want to do, but they know they need to do. And you're communicating it right to get them to do that. You know, and Ty Lu has found that happy medium between passive and aggressive to get his message across, and that word is assertive, and he's very good at it. Um, so let's see what happens with the Nets. The Nets, you know, they're still digging out from the blunder of the Kevin Durant and all that trade, and uh, the owner, he, he, he's got his hands full. But at least the Knicks are good. Look across the way there. The Knicks, uh, like I said, their, their uh, all-star break couldn't come at a better time. You know, so they're going to get Randall back, um, OG Anadobly or whatever, Obi-Wan Kenobi and whatnot. So we'll see. Uh, if you guys like the show, share the show. I'll be back tomorrow. Won't have a show Wednesday. I've got some routine vehicle repairs to do that may keep me up, uh, maybe keep me past time to start the show. But I, I have a nice replay of a uh, – and I'm looking to hear back from Aaron Bryant, former Tennessee Titans player. Uh, to possibly get back to me to come on the program here, uh, an interview here, him and his son here. So uh, it's going to be a great interview. This guy's busy. He's a preacher, and he preaches at multiple campus for Brentwood Baptist. So I was hoping maybe get him in this week, but maybe not. Uh, I will hear back from him this week. We'll see. So either way, again, please share the show. Share it as much as you can. So I'll see you all tomorrow. Otherwise, same time, same place. Here on Sports Show.